Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Matt Sodnikar. And if you've been listening to previous episodes, you'll notice that we didn't have the dramatic uh, Viking music at the start of the podcast. And the reason is that after some research, I found out that there is probably 70, 11, 12 burn the boats podcasts out there. So uh, quickly pivoted, shifted, renamed it. And as pretentious as it is, I renamed it the Matt Sodnikar podcast because rather than being clever, when I was sitting in a Starbucks after my discovery, uh, I found out that there's only one of me and there's way too many burn the boats out there. This episode is particularly enjoyable. This is with my friend in California, Siobhan, who runs Women's Kit on Instagram. And she just has an amazing story about her cycling journey. And uh, I found it very entertaining, inspirational, and I hope you like it. So without further ado, here is the newly named Matt Sodnikar podcast. Thank you for listening. And I'm excited to welcome Siobhan Dolan from Women's Kit. Hello, Siobhan. Hi. We met on Instagram. It was quite a surprise. I got a notification that you had shared one of my warm front posts, and I had no idea who you were, how you found me. <laughs> but uh, we started talking, and uh, just through emails, I felt that I had to talk to you in more detail. And during our, our pre-call or uh, pre-show call, it sounds so official for this podcast. <laughs> it was so funny saying that. <laughs> <laughs> sitting in the, the bedroom with pillows around to deaden the sound. But anyway, um, I just wanted to jump right in and spend as much time as we could just on your, uh, I will call it an inspiring cycling story. And yeah. with that, I will turn it over to you, Siobhan, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, um, I really have always been someone who's focused on school and work and, and that typical making something of yourself kind of attitude during my childhood. And I was never really encouraged to take up any sports. It just, I always got the story that, uh, you know, the Dolans really aren't good at sports. You should just stick to school and studying. So I, I really never did anything. And you know, then I got out of college and that freshman 15 turned into 20 and turned into 25. And I, <laughs> I, I need to get it together here. You know, I'm, I was about like 28 and I thought I really need to take better care of myself. I need to kind of grow up somehow. And I remember putting it on my New Year's resolution list, which I'm someone who makes a resolution list every January. And, uh, and I carried it over from 28 to 29. And then finally, it was my 30th birthday year. And I just ignored the list. I tried to, to tick off all the easy ones. And then comes December and I thought, oh, geez, I got I got one big one left. Like, do I do it? I'm 30. This is this is the life changer year. Do I do I dare try this? And I signed up for a learn to ride class. And I was that I felt like a kid again, just push biking it around with no pedals and learning in a parking lot and learning to understand 
balance and and then just like a little kid it was so exhilarating and I couldn't believe that I was accomplishing something with my own strength it's very different accomplishing something with your smarts and you know you know getting a great job and you know meeting someone great that you like or going you know it, it could be any of those things but this was something that I did with my body and I just didn't I just had no idea that I could be strong, that I could eventually be an athlete, which is what I call myself now. And that it, it was just the most exciting moment. And then I, I left that class. I rushed straight to Craigslist. I bought the <laughs> crappiest mountain bike that I could find because I didn't know. And I, you know, I didn't even know how to use the gears, to be honest with you. And it started with small circles around the neighborhood. And eventually, I just craved knowing more. It, it's, it's part of me, that curiosity. There's, there's always more. Um, and I think for me, the internet was a really important place. And I, I actually find this with a lot of other women's stories. So maybe some listeners have the same connection that the internet is sort of a safe place for you to learn before you run out there and ask silly questions. Um, it also gives you a better gauge on what's a silly question. And I learned a lot about riding in LA and who is, who's riding in LA and riding in Los Angeles is really daunting. I think a lot of people are very scared of it. And for me to learn in Los Angeles and have my first you know, my first pedal strokes be in this giant city with a whole lot of cars that overtake me. That's, it's pretty, pretty frightening, but I just couldn't help but try to find other people. And it was the best one I started to, and it was all because of the internet. <laughs> so I'm not surprised that, you know, come full circle seven years later, women's kit is born on Instagram and on, on social media where, you seek out other people where you make connections. Sure. It's just, yeah. It's part of my nature and it's, it's part of my journey, I think with bikes. And now look at me seven years later, I met my husband racing at the velodrome. I, I raced. How about, let's talk about that word. I never, <laughs> you know, I never had, I thought a competitive bone in my body and whoo, well, I've got several bones in my body. Um, and I, you know, I've, I've done everything from cyclocross to track racing, to road racing, to crit racing, to long distance riding, to, you know, training with a coach. These things are not me. Who is this woman? <laughs> um, but it's, it's just been such an amazing moment, but it all comes down to that feeling, that, that feeling that no matter if it's 150 miles or it's 20 miles or it's around the block, like I did that. I, I was capable of doing that. And that's always what every great ride is. Right. And I don't want to gloss over this. Um, I want to go back to what you said. You had never been on a bike until you were 30 years old, correct? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I will. I when I was about five, six, I think I had a pink huffy with the streamers coming out of the handlebars, and uh, I, my, you know, my mom stood there, and I'm pretty sure I remember this memory of her just letting me try to ride up and down the street, and I, 
I fell. That I remember. I fell. <clears throat> and in however you can word it as a six year old, I was just basically like, F this. I don't know. This is this. <laughs> I hope he didn't say that. I don't know what that was then. Whatever my version was, it's like, this is not fun. Who wants to fall? Um, And actually, we all say that now as adult cyclists too. But um, I never picked it back up. And then again, I was never encouraged to. It was just stick to the books, stick to what you know. Um, And so I'm I'm really grateful to have come around and found it. I mean, really found it. Uh, and it's changed my whole life and the people that are in my life and the amazing friendships and connections that I have now because of it. Agreed. Agreed. I remember as a, as a young kid going back to crying and crashing and things like that. I remember that, and we can swear on this podcast if that's, okay. (laughs) you don't need to, if you want to, it's totally cool. But I remember I'll say maybe like eight or nine when um, I would get hurt and I remembered that when I learned how to swear, that's when I stopped crying. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess use swear words in context because you had heard them, right? And then so I remember, I don't know if it was falling on the playground or crashing on my bike. And then I just got hurt and instead of crying, I just went, shit. It's like, oh, hey, I'm not crying. I'm swearing. All right, this is pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> it is a good release, actually, you know. <laughs> When you're sort of on the top of a mountain and something happens and you just yell fuck at the top of your lungs <laughs> and you're like, okay, that was all I needed. We, now we can get it together and keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes was like, uh, Hugh, Hugh Grant, he calls it going shouty crackers. I've gone <laughs> shouty crackers several times before. Yeah, I know. My favorite is when you're like in the back of a pack or you've lost the pack altogether and you, and every other word out of your mouth is like, why the fuck am I here? Why am I doing this ride? You know, I could be somewhere the fuck else. I feel the shit. Everybody's assholes. Oh man, you just really let it fly, you know? Oh yeah, you're a racer, Siobhan. Definitely. That's, that's a race mentality. Yes. <laughs> So if you can remember back to that first learn to ride class, what was your mentality pulling up to that parking lot to get out before that? What were you feeling? I thought that it would be me and a bunch of seven-year-olds with their hovering parents. And wow. I, yeah. And I thought I'm going to punch the first kid who says, wow, you're really old. And, <laughs> but honestly, I got to the, I got to the class and it was seven other 30 something year old women. I couldn't believe it. And I thought, okay, everybody going to share their name and share their story or how they got to this class. And here's a uh, swimmer. Here's a runner, several runners, you know, here's some, just all these different backgrounds. And I thought, what, where did we all miss this bicycling boat? Like what, what is wrong with us? Why weren't we here? You know, or why were we even afraid of the bike? What did it, you know, what did we want to avoid with it? What did it represent to us? Something, you know, mechanical that we felt like we couldn't tackle, you know, putting on a pair of running shoes compared to getting on this mechanical contraption. I get it. It's daunting. It's, it's a barrier, but you know, when we finished that class, we realized that no matter what the equipment is, it still comes down to you and you pushing the bike. It's still basic. It hasn't changed in over a hundred years. Um, and so it was so wonderful to really start out my whole 
cycling life with, you know, these strangers, these women who have really been the true inspiration to me. Sure. Well, and um, my daughter is 15 now and she played volleyball for several years and I coached for a couple of those. And it was so important to me uh, for her to play a sport and for other young girls to play a sport, especially going into middle school and high school and being around, like I told you before, (laughs) men are stupid, being around (laughs) idiot boys and a skill that you've learned like that, whether it's a serve or a bump or learning how to shift or learning how to ride. That's something that nobody else can take away from. Mm -hmm. And I thought my job as a coach was less about teaching volleyball skills, but those skills leading to confidence so that when Mm -hmm. it's sixth, seventh, eighth grade and everybody's awkward that, you know, when that boy or that girl says something just, you know, mean or hurtful, it's like, you know what? I accomplished something and that maybe that one little task, that skill that they learned just gave them the confidence that that just kind of rolls off their back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I, first of all, maybe you're not so stupid as the rest of your gender because that's pretty great that you see that. I, I am glad that I found that with the cycling and I don't think that it mattered how late as long as I did come to that feeling. But I think the rest of my life has changed dramatically because of the bike. I found something that, like you said, that no one can take away from me and that I accomplished on my own. You earned it. Yeah. Yeah. And my happiness is no longer in anyone else's hands. It has nothing to do with the clothes that I wear or the car that I drive or the makeup that I have on, or, you know, even sometimes the job that I have, you know, you're not always happy in every, you know, job that you have, but there's a way, there's an outlet, there's something for me to still, still feel great. You know, that's why it's so tough when we have injuries, (laughs) you see how, I don't want to use the word crumble, off the bike and you're really frustrated, you know, that you're not generating anything from yourself. You're relying on everything outside. And, and yeah, it's something that, you know, I, I can never go back to. And I'm, yeah, it's made me a, a better woman. It sure sounds like it. And like we were talking about before, I had played pickup basketball, hockey, softball, all these other sports. And I knew people on those teams, but as soon as I got into writing, it was the first time that I got to know people because if you're out on a road ride for three hours, you got nothing to do, but shoot the shit. You actually get to know people. Yeah. And I formed long lasting connections and friends that I've had for a long, long time simply because we got to know each other on the bike and there's that shared suffering. The wind, the wind does not discriminate and the hill does not discriminate. You're all in this together. And the people that I have suffered with have become just lifelong friends, both men and women. Yeah. I just think I was going to say like that is also why I think that women's rides are so critical, you know, to the, to the community at large. Like it's, it's a really, it's a safe space for us to talk about anything that we want to talk about without anyone's judgment. Um, you know, showing up for rides with, with dudes. It's like, I find that a lot of women, myself too, 
we curb what we're saying. We try to impress with what we're saying. We try to have that, I want to fit in attitude. And I think with women together, all that bullshit's dropped. And it's just so refreshing to, to, to you know, enjoy the ride, really, and with each other and that conversation and those friendships. Yeah. Agreed. Well, let's, let's jump into that since you brought it up. We'll come back to women's kit on Instagram, but you are now leading rides in LA and tell me all about that. Yeah. I, I really think that I, you know, at some point you can't just talk the talk. Like I can't just uh, push, you know, cycling clothing without having a place to wear it. So I thought, <laughs> You know, let's get into meeting the people who, meeting the women who are, who are following me and also caring about the same thing. You know, I didn't come to realize that this was a gap in the market, you know, without having these conversations with other women on, on, well, on our rides. You know, this doesn't fit right. Why can't I find this? Why, why do I need pink? Why can't I get black? Why this? Why that? You know, and then it's just all good business ideas come from a realization that there's a gap in the market and, and business and market may mean whatever they mean to you, but that's the, that's the base. And I just thought, yeah, I need to fill this in. We need more women's rides in LA and we need better clothing. And I thought, why not carry on the conversation off of Instagram in person, see what other women are wearing, see what they're choosing. Maybe I find out about brands I haven't heard about. Maybe I get to hear feedback about brands that I thought were great, but someone else had issues with. It's an excellent chance for us to just continue that conversation. And it also gets me to ride, doesn't it? Every month I know it's coming. And so if I, you know, if the weather's crummy, I know that I have to get on, you know, Zwift or whatever it is and, and keep going. And I think that that's great to have each other, um, to rely on for that motivation to keep going. There's no bad weather in LA. Come on. I know. I know. Uh, you know, your audience didn't get to hear our awesome pre-meeting meeting, but we, uh, I was complaining about how I woke up and it was 55 degrees. I know. <laughs> and it was so cold and I, nobody wanted to go. I was worried nobody would show up, but we did. I know. And then I was talking to my mother back in Pennsylvania and she said it was 19 degrees last night. And I thought, oh, yeah, I really, I'm such a baby now. <laughs> it's all relative. You know, people will ask me, well, well, what temperature range is a warm front for? And it's like, my first question is, well, where do you live? Because if it's <laughs> Florida or Minnesota, I have a very different answer. And even though it's about, you know, 46 degrees right now here in Colorado. I'm still wearing shorts because it, yeah. the sun was out and it was pretty nice. So yeah. you would probably be in a parka and a hat out here. So <laughs> it's all relative, right? It would be. I know. It's a, ridiculous that puffy jackets are even sold here. But I, I, do, I think that, you know, that's a really great thing about the warm front is it doesn't really matter. I mean, yeah, I'm going to look at photos of other people in definitely colder climates than me, but if I feel happy with it, then that's all that matters. Yeah. If, if it, you're cold, you're cold. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. And if it gets me to ride, that's it. That's done. That's the best thing that it could do. That's thank you. That's kind of where it came from. It's just, <laughs> I got sick of being cold. So Yeah. So the women's ride, where can people find that on the interwebs? Yeah. 
So Women's Kit is not only an Instagram now. We have moved into, I say we, I say we still say we, it's like selling myself somehow, but it's just me. I created a Facebook and I think the thing I love about the Facebook page, it's a fan page and it's, it's just called Women's Kit. So you can find it that way. Can I it's, join actually? Yes. Okay. Thank you. You are allowed. Everyone's allowed. Um, it's just great because then I can, you know, Facebook allows for a little bit of more conversation and, um, it does help me connect to people in Southern California and I can post my events there. Um, and so I, I'm really happy with it so far having, you know, Facebook in my life again, so far it's working out. Well, and I want to jump in now to your Instagram feed because like I said, it was just an amazing surprise and thank <laughs> you for the repost on, on my post. And I, I didn't know you existed and I, I popped over to your feed, 10,000 followers. And what I really, really liked about the feed is that these look like, I hesitate to use this word, but normal women on bikes and like the women that are in my life and my teams that, you know, I ride with that are my friends. There's no supermodels. I mean, but again, I, these are attractive people, but they're just like normal, real people that I would encounter. Right. And I looked at that and I'm like, this is just the first word that popped to mind was genuine. And I really, really liked it. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it started out with an idea that I want to find more kit for me. I want to find more options. There's got to be something better. So it was totally selfish. And then I just started seeing people who were liking the page and, um, were getting good feedback and I'm starting to follow. And I thought, wow, I, I might have something here. I might not be the only one who's saying these, these phrases, like I'm unhappy with this kit. Why is it pink? Why is this, you know, cut the way that it is? Why don't you have women specific? Why don't, why are we a subset of cycling? Why is cycling with a capital C male? And then there's women cycling, which is smaller on the side. Like, right. and so you know, that's, it's, it's definitely grown to become more than just kit. It's about claiming our right to the road, our half of the road. And it's, I still think that I see a lot of brands who care about a physical image only. Um, and that's, you know what, they're allowed to do what they want, but that's a sign to me that they're, they don't support me. So I'm not going to support them. And so I want to give thanks to those brands that are out there and creating equal collections and that actually care that a woman cyclist has money to spend and wants to have all the same benefits that guys do with technology, fabrics, cut, all of it. And it's, I just couldn't believe it when I hit a thousand, couldn't believe it when I hit 5,000, could not believe it when I hit 10,000. <laughs> it has blown my mind. It has been really amazing, overwhelming, um, but it's invigorating because now I think, okay, there's a platform here. We can do more. What is that? What's next? How do we grow this? How do we, you know, 
how do I find more of what I want out of these companies for all of us women? And we're all shapes and sizes. I mean, I am not a size two, extra small, nothing. And I am fit and I am strong and I feel great on a bike and I want to look great and match that. And I, you know, I deserve to have large, extra large, double X, all kinds of sizes. And they should be happening because I, we, we just deserve it. We're out there for the same exact reasons as everybody else because we're happy on a bike and we're healthier on a bike. Woo-hoo. Testify, Siobhan. Testify. <laughs> I know. I get so into this. And that's, <laughs> I love I'm, it. I'm glad. I'm glad that I still have such a passion for this because it's what's going to keep it growing. And I, I just want to see more. I want to see more women's kit Instagrams. I want to see more women take this over. I am trying to figure out the game so that I can work the game to women's advantage. How do I do that? That's my next goal. I love it. <laughs> So you mentioned what's next, um, like whiteboard. What do you have kind of written just to, if you, if you feel comfortable talking yeah. about it, what do you have, like, where would you see this? What would your magic wand moments be for this? Yeah, it would definitely be diving more into social media marketing and what that means. So Facebook is just the first branch out from Instagram, but are there better ways for, you know, this messaging about women cycling and, and, you know, women cycling kit, where can that go? Is that a podcast? Is that, um, you know, is that a tour across the U S do we kind of get something going with, is that partnerships with brands? Is that, I don't know. There's a lot of places that can go. And then, you know, I'd love to start designing as well. Maybe, you know, you start small with some really rad socks. Maybe you go from there and you do a kit. Maybe it's a great collaboration with brands that have been focused on women cycling uh, and fitting a real woman on a bike. Um, But it's definitely still at the heart of it, a, a focus on promotion and creating, you know, one central place for a cyclist to go to find out what fits her. And when I say fit, I mean, does it have the right size? Does it have the right look? Does it have the, you know, the aesthetics of cycling are just as important as, you know, the fit, of course. We're, oh yeah. You got to be all matchy matchy, right? You're, right, you're right. 3% we're, faster if your socks match. I know that. Exactly. And I believe that because you feel great on a bike and when you feel great, you go faster. So <laughs> I'm going to keep it going. So those are some of the broad strokes, how to get there. That's what I'm digging into now. That's, I hate to say, but that's going to be my holly, holiday homework. <laughs> well, if I can do anything to help, please let me know because this, this is important to me on several different levels. And if I can leverage connections or advice or anything, please, please hes- or don't hesitate to reach out. I'd be happy to do whatever I can. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So something else we had talked about was just Instagram Mm-hmm. itself and it feels very genuine and friendly versus the other social media platforms I and mean, it reminds me a little bit more of reddit where you know it, it seems more of a dialogue or more supportive and we had talked about the email like how did you figure all this stuff out and learn how to make this work yeah it's, there's a whole world to Instagram. There's a whole business behind the scenes to Instagram that, uh, 
that really might change your mind about <laughs> Instagram. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, you can, it's not so Insta anymore. You can control it all on the back end if you want. Um, you know, there are a lot of ways to figure out those, um, like sort of like the way that you do like search engine optimization, you can kind of do the same thing with Instagram. You can figure out the times of day that are most popular. You can, you know, hashtags are amazing, frustrating to some people, but also amazing because it allows you that open window or open door into a whole community of other users on Instagram. And so it gives you that way to track what the people you think you're connected to, what are they doing? What are they interested in? Um, I, I have to say a lot of what I've been learning lately has come from the queens of Instagram and social media, which is fashion bloggers. Mm. And cycling is a cross between straight fashion and athletic wear, right? We're, we're a bit in between. Um, but there are some basics about photography and, you know, getting that shot that is a thousand words, right? That, that can just express so much and make a connection to someone without needing the words and, and how you really show that you're, you have a community, you have a, a personality behind a logo, right? Cause that's what a brand really is. And so I've been trying to break down the brands that I'm following and try to really find and ensure that I am, you know, following and reposting people and, and, and companies that do really care that do live what they show. And that's, you know, you can get kind of fooled on Instagram sometimes. Doesn't it always seem like everybody, you know, is having a glorious time around the world, except for you at your job. (laughs) So there is a trick to it, right? There is a bit of selling something that isn't real. And so you just have to constantly be keen to what's genuine, what's authentic, what's really coming across as a a group of people that you would want to know if you were there with them to ride. Yeah. Right. I want, I want to know people that ride bikes that I could have a sit down and have a beer afterwards Mm -hmm. and just be genuine, be authentic, just be cool or be friendly or be supportive. And I don't care what you look like. I don't care how fast you go or you just, are you a decent person? And, that's something with um, my company's image and with BH as well. It's just like, you know, we're people behind this and we're just trying to be as sincere as possible with the products that we're selling. And it, I I can't even approach it any other way. Like I've tried some other marketing ideas that just never got off the page because I just was telling myself, this is not me. I mean, it looks cool, but (laughs) at the end of the day, it's just not, who I am and I'm just trying to have this either digital or photographic manifestation of just who I am as a person. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I kind of feel like I've seen all kinds following all these different brands and I'm, I'm always seeking out new things, which is how I came across Wormfront. You know, I'm always trying to find something that, that works that might resonate. And my, I feel like my job with women's kid is not to tell you what's cool. It's to allow you 
to know that you have choice and you can connect to whatever you want to. That there's, I just want you to know that there's a wide range that, hey, someone over here is doing something that you might be interested in. And I would love to connect those two. It builds the company and, and then it makes a happy customer. And that's all I want to see. But there are a lot of brands who come at it from what I think is the unfortunate angle, which is monetary. I just want to sell something. I think that people are going to like this and pay for it. And so I'm going to put it out there. But I just never feel like that goes anywhere. It really, like I said before, that base where good ideas come from gaps in the market. Like you discovered, you know, you you founded Warmfront because you saw that there was something that you needed and you said, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to make it myself and I'm not going to wait around for anybody else to do it. I'm going to do what I think someone else could really use because I know I could use it. So I think that's where it always ends up being successful and it grows naturally and organically. I know organically is this big word that we throw around all the time, but you can see it the most on social media that it's because other people have said, Hey, I like that idea. I'm totally on board with this. Let's go. Well, I'll tell you, it made my day because it was such a nice surprise. And every time everybody orders one or shares a post or comments on it, it's still, it's just as exciting and as meaningful as it was the very first time. It's just the fact that somebody would take their time to, to care about this and, yeah, we could talk about kind of what this product has meant in my life you know, on our, our next conversation, but it's like, yeah, thank you for just, for just caring, right. And just making, you know, you know, one like or one post, like hopefully the companies it matters and it, it definitely yeah. matters to me. So, yeah. I mean, it's really hard to, I, I, I don't know if you might have better insight into this, but I kind of wonder if cycling apparel is getting a bit, oversaturated. I I no longer feel like brands can say I'm filling the gap of garish, you know, ill-fitting kit. It's like, well, actually there's a hell of a lot of good brands out there now that have sort of done that. So now it's up to you to find something unique to you, a different angle to come in there. Um, How can you be different? How can you be you know, can you resonate with, you know, the, the people that you're trying to reach? And, you know, I don't know if you need to have this mentality where you're going to take over the world like Rafa. <laughs> you can still be <laughs> small because it allows you to write a handwritten note to every person that buys your product. And that means so much. You have no idea. It's so exciting to get as they say in Australia, like a big old Prezi um, mm. delivered to your door. It's, it's the special thing. You know, you're exchanging money for hope. Like, I really hope that this outfit looks as good as I think it will. And I really hope that this product works as well as I think it will. And it means a lot if I see a brand, you know, thanking me from the opposite side. And so we're meeting in the middle and I feel like it's really great. And then that's what I think, like, bam, it takes off. Um, so, and that's what I really want to do with women's kit. I want to make those connections. I want to support brands and companies, small or large that are really making something for me. And then I want to find them the customer base to keep it going. Cause I just want more choice. That's all I want more choice. Well, I'm a big thank you note person. And I, I want to extend an <laughs> apology to the few, um, 
warm front customers the past couple of weeks have been busy. So your thank you notes are on the way. I apologize <laughs> for that. But yeah, I, I completely agree because these people found the company, they separated themselves from their money mm-hmm. and they took a chance and it, it really matters. And just, yeah, something beyond just an email um, goes a long way. And yeah. there's, a, there's a person or people behind these things. Right. <clears throat> Well, Siobhan, I've really enjoyed this. What are your big goals for um, a warm front? Like, are you doing that same thing where you're kind of, you know, it's it's a new year, you're inspired to think what, what are the possibilities where, you know, where do you want to up your game? That's a a great question. And the first watermark I want to hit is that I would love to hit 50 sales per month online and grow it that way. And an objective I have that has come from, uh, let me back up. So a couple years ago, there was a neighbor of mine here in, in Parker, Colorado, that had gone through um, breast cancer, had a double mastectomy, and somebody had reached out, and they had, um, her name was Lee, and she got better for a while, and would go skiing with her family as part of her recovery. But because, um, because of the mastectomy, she was very, very cold, right? There was part of her body that was just not there. Mm. And um, I've donated several. Um, I'd like to make that bigger, make that program bigger, because I know that there's companies that will donate hats for people going through chemo and kind of like what uh, Tom shoes has done is I'd like to have um, like a a buy one, give one program. And I I, have always shied away from that. And I struggle even talking about it because uh, I don't ever want to be seen as marketing or ever capitalizing on that because I've lost my mom to cancer. I've had people that have fought, and survived it. But to me, I would like to make you know, the business support my family, but also support that part of it. And that's something that has been, if, if this little thing can make a difference in somebody where they're, even if they're going for a walk around the block and they're more comfortable or they can go skiing or go riding with their friends and they're, yeah, it makes them feel normal again. Yeah. This, from the very inception, this product has meant more than what it is. And I've received letters from people. And in some ways, I don't care how much it sells because of the impact it's had on my life. But I think it can do more. And I would, mm-hmm. I'd like to, I would like to really expand that. Yeah. And there are, there are those sp- sportswear items that have found um, success in multi-use, you know, that maybe it started off as like, I, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, great brands like, um, I'm trying to think of like a couple of brands that have uh, created like neck warmers and gaiters Mm -hmm. and heads, you know, head, head scarves. And they, you know, they found audiences that they weren't actually expecting. And I think that that's been great because here now they're, they're given like marketing gold. And I know that marketing is like a, sometimes often thought of as like a slimy word because it feels inauthentic, but 
you know, I really just use it in this case as a, a way for you to connect, to grow your community bigger, because now you're aware of other, other groups that could really benefit from this product that you just never expected. Um, and I think that's a really great thing. So if you're, if you can give it the time and give it the focus and, and really think through it thoughtfully, you can really resonate with communities outside of cycling and you can successfully grow a business. There is nothing wrong ever with saying, I would like to make a profit. I would like to live right. off of this business, you know, we're, and, and I, I oftentimes feel like women owned businesses. They're afraid to say that of what that, what that looks like from another, you know, an outside point of view. And I think who cares? Who gives a shit? Every guy, (laughs) every guy that I know is like, yeah, I'm out for the cash or I'm out for it. When they have no shame, like nothing wrong with us doing the same thing. So, and I don't think that customers necessarily, you know, will shy away from you just because you say that, like everybody wants to have a self-sufficiency that way. But well, it's thank really you great. for the encouragement. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. it. But it's really great if you can do it and also build up other people at the same time. It's excellent. Well, Siobhan, like I said, I'd love to have you come back and be a regular. And uh, where can people find you? Give us, yeah. the, give us the deets on your social medias. Yes. I hate that our time is coming to a close. It's just getting really riled up. Just for now, just for now. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, uh, the Instagram is Instagram.com back, uh, backslash or forward slash. I never really know. It's women's kit straight up. You can find anywhere there. And then I do have an accompanying website, women's kit.com. And now I'm on Facebook. So it's facebook.com backslash women's kit. Great. Siobhan Dolan, everybody. I am Matt Sodnikar with The Warm Front. Thank you for listening. And Siobhan will be back soon. And have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.